Oh. 
But if they are, $199. What a beautiful thought. <laughs> Just being able to worship him forever, forevermore. Amen. Wow. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen.
Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the day you've given us, Lord. Lord, help us, Lord, to be obedient, Lord, and to turn our hearts to you this morning, Jesus. Bless the man of God. Bless your teaching, Lord. And go forward and not come back, boy, Jesus. The Lord bless this offering we're about to receive, Lord. Just ask you preciously. Amen.
this old body this morning didn't want to get up but I had to make it get up amen and I didn't want to lean too much to the flesh because for obvious reasons I love the Lord and I want to I want to do everything I can to amen please him hallelujah that's why I'm here I love him so much. Thank you, Lord. Thankful for what all he's done in my life. Hallelujah. So I'm very appreciative. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's just kind of something just to be able to get ourselves motivated. Stay motivated. That's the that's the key. Staying motivated. <clears throat> you know, uh, I want to thank Brother Craig Marshall for obeying the Lord. Because obviously everything that we have been hearing and everything we have been feeling, uh, the Lord is working, the Lord is moving. That is very evident. And uh, I thank God for that because that's what we need. We need the moving of God's Spirit in our lives. And 
just seems like we, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to try to ourselves quench the spirit. And, uh, you know, that what we're, we're, what we're feeling, what some of us are feeling, the tiredness and, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, but we still, if, if you ever realize God will strengthen us and God will quicken us so that we can be able to rise to the occasion. If we don't think it, we, we have it in us, and then all we have to do is lean upon Him. And, Amen. <clears throat> and you know, uh, several have mentioned uh, last night about the service last night. You know, of course, uh, that was a powerful message. That was a powerful word. And and uh, and, and uh, as I was as I was listening to. Uh, Brother Craig last night, and obviously God knows how to talk to us. He knows what we need to hear, and a lot of times if we misunderstand something in the Word, He'll bring it to light, and there's, there was obviously clarity last night in the, in the Word of God, and I thought about that, and uh, but then I began to realize something. is more than just all those that were present here last night that He was speaking to. He was speaking to those on the podcast. Amen. Because there's so many that uh, get on the podcast and they, they listen to the podcast and and we have been getting uh, a lot of hits on our podcast. So I know that God is doing something. But you know what? Every person needs to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Every person. And, and you know, in a, in, in a, in a way that it can uh, actually shake us to our core. Right. Amen. We need to be shaken to our core. And you know... Uh, the church doesn't need uh, uh, political correctness. As one person said, I'd rather be slapped with the truth than kissed with the lie. And the world we live in, they need that shaking, they need that stirring. Maybe they need to be offended. And uh, that's one thing that, you know, we need to always think about, you know. Uh, we get offended at so many little things when, when obviously sometimes to be offended, maybe it's a good thing that we can realize a lot of things about ourselves and maybe the way we are and maybe, maybe the way we believe. So I thank God for that because, and, and then of course, you know, uh, I know one thing that when the, the Lord is moving and the Word of God is being ministered in such a way that uh, light is shining. And it's shining into, into darkness. You know, the enemy is going to be upset. And I, I guarantee you the devil's mad. We've, got, we, we've made him mad and, and of course that's okay. As, as one person said, the devil's mad and I'm glad. I'm not his friend, and he's not mine. So if he's mad, if he wants to somehow try to come back at us, and you know, some, some were talking about what they felt last night at altar call. Yes, it was a battle, but let me tell you something. Amen. He didn't take any ground. Because, amen, God is moving. He cannot stop the move of God. Let me tell you something. The Bible says... 
any weapon formed against us shall not prosper. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. So no matter how he tries to resist us, it's not going to work. And, and I know this, God is moving. So obviously he's working and, and, and we're going to see the results of that. We're going to experience what's happening. So just keep on keeping on. Just keep on pressing your way forward. That's all we got to do because it's it's all said and done. Amen. And uh, praise God, it's something. And, and uh, thinking about that, you know, and, and of course, you know, what, what I have been teaching on the, in the past few Sundays, it's been a few Sundays now, and, and talking about uh, the God of the Old Testament. He was hidden in the Old Testament, but he made himself visible in the New Testament. So we understand that. I believe we understand that very well. And and to be able to, you know, focus and to be able to comprehend just, you know, what he did for us, what he did. And, and of course, we, we, we know the scripture. The Bible says that uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and God and, and the word was God. And we know that the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. So God made a way. He came down to earth. And he became visible. Man, I tell you what, that message last night. As I said a few weeks back, what we believe as far as the scriptures con concerned is going to challenge any philosophy, any teaching of man, any religion of man. It's going to challenge what they believe what they teach, it's going to challenge paganism. It's going to challenge, uh, Brother Craig talked about, uh, uh, you know, pantheism. It's going to challenge pantheism. It's going to challenge humanism. It's going to challenge atheism. It's going to challenge agnosticism. It's going to challenge everything. But the thing about it is, that the only reason why it's challenging is because it's the truth. It's the truth. You cannot deny the truth. Amen. And you think about that. And, and so we're in, in a very, uh, you know, uh, the world doesn't see like see it that way, but we're in a very privileged position. Yes. Because guess what? We know the truth, don't we? Yes. yes. We know the truth, and the truth has made us free. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I don't, I have no, you know, uh, I thank God, you know, the Apostle Paul mentioned this in the book of Galatians when he talked about how the Lord revealed his son in him. I have no, amen, I'm not afraid. I, I, I have no doubts. 
no unbelief about that truth, about what it is. Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's what he, that's what he was talking about. So when you think about what God has revealed to us, each and every one of us, we need to understand really what it is that we have. And, and, and we of all people, we know without a shadow of a doubt, we know who God is. Amen. We see him clearly. Last night, the, the picture was painted so vividly and so clearly. If I was a person that worshipped multiple gods, I would say, hey, man, I need to change my faith. I need to change what I believe because I don't want to put my confidence in an idol that doesn't walk or talk or see or hear. I don't want to worship a stick. I don't want to worship a tree. I don't want to worship any kind of uh, image of an animal or anything like that. I, I want to worship the true God. I want to worship the true God. Make no qualms about it. Because the Bible is true. I don't care what all these so-called experts say they want to discredit the Bible. It's kind of funny because science is proving the Bible is true. <clears throat> but people don't want to pay attention to that. They don't want to hear that. Right now they have uh, archaeological digs going on in, in Jerusalem. In, 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 uh, yeah, Jerusalem that are proving that the scripture is true. And so many people have denied it. And it's written in the Word, and if it's written in the Word, it's true, obviously. But when you think about it, the writer of Hebrews wrote to the Hebrews, because that's who that book was addressed to, if I'm not mistaken. He wrote it to the Hebrews. He wrote it to his people. When I say his people, I'm talking about his fleshly, amen, his fleshly people. Amen. And, and, and the, the writer of Hebrews said it this way when he was talking about uh, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. Mm -hmm. Hath in his last days spoken unto us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things mm -hmm. by whom he also he made the worlds. There you go. Amen. What a connection. Yeah. In other words, he was he was revealing that this son was the one that created everything. How can you not get that? How can you not get that? How can you not understand that? It's in simple, it's in plain English. <laughs> well, it's been translated in English for us, but... For them, it was in the simple and plain Hebrew. Hallelujah. I remember this one time because I read this. That 
when Jesus was talking to his disciples and they were in Caesarea Philippi. Remember that story? And, and a lot of people read that and they, they never really comprehend, you know, everything about that story. The, the, you know, how it was the, the location and everything there, how, how it was set. And obviously God does things at a certain time. He does it right on time. And, and there he was, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they said, oh, thou art Elijah. And some say that you're one of the prophets and so on and so on and so on. But he says, he makes it more personal. Whom do ye say that I am? I, the son of man, am. He made it personal. Who do you, who you say that I am? And look where they were sitting. They were sitting in the middle of Caesarea Philippi, which in, in, in that particular city, in that particular area, Amen. Herod the Great built a uh, edifice that was he did it for for Caesar, and that edifice was was just recognized all the deities of Rome. Right. So all the the false gods, and among them was the god Pan. Right. And all these false gods, that's where they were sitting, and, he, and he, all this around them. The, the, so he says, "Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am?" In other words, let me tell you something. All these false gods are nothing. But do you understand who I am? And Peter came up with the, with the revelation. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. So, so he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So it's a revelation. It's a revelation that comes by the Spirit of God. We understand who Jesus is. It's kind of something how uh, the Word of God always complements the Word of God. Yeah. <laughs> Last night's message complemented what I've been teaching in uh, Sunday school. God is God. But he said, when he's, when he's speaking about it, he said this in verse number three, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, one, wow. not Amen. persons, Amen. person, yeah. Jesus Christ being the express yeah. image of his person yeah. and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins and sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Let me tell you something. God only has one right hand. Jesus sat on his right hand. So obviously, if Jesus, you know what that means? That's, that, that means this. He's sitting in the power of God. Why? Amen. Because he's God. Amen. He is the right hand of God. Amen. Amen. Everybody say right hand. Right hand. Amen. Amen. That's right. Oh, so that's that's something. Thank God for the truth. And in the book of Galatians, you go there with me in chapter four, and and you see there in in verse number in verse number four there, and. Uh, Something that, that really hit me, you know, I, I was going through my notes this morning and then uh, 
the Lord just kind of took me in a direction that I didn't think I was going to go this morning, but I just said, okay, Lord, obviously you, you know, and, and uh, so I just, I just did some, uh, how can I say, oh yeah, Sunday school. Yes. Praise God. Yes. Forgive me, little ones. You get so hyped up when you're up here, especially when you feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. But but bear with me this morning. Because uh, the Lord was showing me something. I believe what, what He was showing me, obviously, the Lord wants us to understand what it is. Remember, He became a man. The God of the Old Testament became a man. So because He became a man, that's what brought us into the New Testament. Hallelujah. So in becoming a man, look what it says in Galatians 4 and verse number 4. It says, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So we see that Paul is talking here and he says, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. His son was made of a woman made under the law. I want you to understand something. The Lord spoke in His Word and He said that He swore by Himself. He was going to bring a covenant that was going to obviously be the covenant that was going to solidify the relationship with His people, His creation. So He swore by Himself. Remember in the Old Testament, this covenant, amen, that they that they obeyed was, you know, as, as the scripture says, you know, the sacrificial offerings that were given to Israel to perform, to enjoin that covenant, the Old Testament between him and his people. And of course, you know, the writer of Hebrews talks about that. He said, uh, almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission so in other words to be able to have that covenant relationship to be able to take care of the sin question amen that is there between God and his people blood had to be shed of course in the Old Testament it was the blood of all the sacrifices the bulls, the rams, the goats the lambs, the doves, the turtle doves all those sacrifices that Amen. Their blood was spilt at the altar. Amen. There. And that's what, uh, amen, basically uh, uh, 
brought the covenant into place and, and they were, their sins were, were taken care of, but they weren't, uh, amen, something that was taken care of. They, they were always reminded of it every year. Amen. Of their sins had to be rolled back. Yeah. So that covenant was an imperfect covenant. Yeah. Wasn't a perfect covenant. It just took care of things temporarily. Mm -hmm. So we understand that God, so he swore by himself. He swore by himself. In other words, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, his purpose was to intervene. Yeah. Amen. And to intervene, and he wasn't going to put it upon anybody else to intervene. He put it upon himself to intervene. Amen. And so the plan was this, and this plan took place even before the foundation of the world. Because the Apostle Peter said that, the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God put it into, amen, a plan that that was going to happen and how this was going to take place. And a lot of people don't realize this. So thus, in order to do that, he had to become a man. So he had to be born into this world. Hallelujah. So we see that. We see that happening and, and we see that he was born. He became a citizen of this world. A human being. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I, I just want you to understand that. God became a man. We all know that, don't we? Yes. Deity became humanity. Spirit came Became flesh. Yes. Dwelling in that body was the Spirit of the Almighty. Yes. Amen. That's why Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Anointed One, Amen. the Son, the flesh of the living God. Amen. God had a fleshly, amen, Son. Yes. That's what that body was. Yes. That body served the, the purpose of sonship. But, amen, in that body dwelt the Spirit of God. Amen. The Father. That's why Philip said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen. Praise God. So we understand that. But remember, he was born into this economy, into this world. So when you think about that, and when we think about what's taking place, man, God is doing some great thing. God is pouring out the Holy Ghost. People are being born again. That's but that's because Amen. he came into yes. the world to be born yes. Amen. as a human being, as yes. a son. Yes. So listen to this. Listen to this. If there's ever an example that we need to follow, it's his. Because uh, this is going to be this is unique in a way. The reason why I'm saying it's unique is this is what we need to do. And we, when we talk about being followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, to be followers, we need to follow him. He's our example. Okay? So when he came into the world, even though he was God, he set the example. He was almighty God, but you know what he did? He subjected himself. To the law, even of his own creative word. Amen. 
Amen. You know why? God could have intervened, I believe. But you know what? Somebody else intervened. Way back in time. Somebody else came on the scene. Somebody that did not belong here. Somebody that was a trespasser. He was not a citizen of this world. Amen. But he came into this world. And when he came into this world, guess what he did? He came in illegally. Basically forced his way. And he broke the laws of God's creative word. He was an interloper and an intruder. A trespasser had no dis, no respect for the word of God. Nothing but disregard, mutiny, disobedience, rebellion, you name it. And that's what Jesus said. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he came to do. So when he came, he came illegally. So when he came, what did he do? He took possession of a serpent and used that serpent. You know what? Here's the thing. Amen. In order for the devil to, to amen, get to you, he's got to use a vessel. Hallelujah. And the serpent was his vessel. So as a result, guess what? Because of his dis disobedience and because he came illegally and because he caused Eve and Adam to disobey God's word, guess what happened? He took charge because he caused them to fall into sin. Amen. Just pay attention now. And you think about that and uh, so he didn't come to do the will of God. He was against God's will. Right. Just like what we're seeing in the world today. There's a lot of people that are against God's will. Amen. Hallelujah. Disobeying God. But look what, look what Jesus says. Now, if he's our example, look what Jesus says in John 4, verse number 34. Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to finish his work. So here was Jesus who was born into this world. And he said, my meat is to do the will of him that has sent me. Amen. If you, because they were asking about bread and amen. Asking if he needed anything to eat. And he said, no, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. That's my strength. That's my, praise God, that's what I come here to do. That's what I'm motivated to do. How many of you are motivated to do God's will? Amen. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Amen. In other words, you know what he was doing? He was submitting himself to the will of his heavenly father. The flesh. Ooh. Just pay attention now. In Hebrews 5, 8, it says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. 
Jesus learned obedience. Man. Obedience can be learned. And he learned obedience by, amen, the things that he suffered. So when we're faced with certain things in our life, when we come to a certain place in our life and we're, go we're experiencing, amen, different situations and circumstances and pressures and trials and temptation and all this we go through. Guess what? That is a learning experience for us. We are to learn by those experiences. Obviously, that's happening for a reason. Jesus had to learn. He learned it, didn't he? Praise God. There's something interesting about him. And when you think about it, you, you go to the book of uh, Luke chapter 2. I'm just do doing this as a reference so you can understand. In, in verse number 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. In other words, he went through, amen, physical development just like you and I go through physical development. He went through growing spurts just like you and I go through growing spurts. He developed as a young man. He developed as a human being. He grew in wisdom and in stature. Hallelujah. So you think about that. Everything, everything he experienced in life, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, it just happened because he was the son of God. No, it wasn't. Guess what? He had to go through life just like you and I have to go through life. Amen. He had to develop just like you and I have to develop. Amen. Amen. He had to learn just like you and I have to learn. So think about that. Just hold, just hold on here. Just think about it. And he says in Hebrews 2.18, For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted. Some of us look at temptation the wrong way. You look at temptation the wrong way. Hallelujah. God will. But when it comes to tempt you, that doesn't mean that you should submit yourself to the temptation. Temptation always happens, doesn't it? Always happens. <clears throat> but you know what we need to do? We need to turn away from temptation. And we can overcome when temptation comes. Blessed is a man when he is tempted. Is that what James said? And so when he overcomes temptation, he shall receive a crown of life. Amen. Amen. You'll be able to grow by that temptation. Amen. God will give you a crown of life. You know what that is? A crown of life. You'll be able. You're going to be able to have dominion. You're going to be able to rule. Because that's what a crown means. Praise God. So think about it. This is, this is what he learned. That he himself has suffered being tempted in 
He is able to succor them that are tempted. In other words, he's able to come to the aid of them that are tempted. I'm talking about Jesus now. Because, you know, he is our example. Amen. And, and you see here, you see here it says uh, in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. You see here where he says that, For we have not a, an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You see that? Amen. Cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. No, let's get rid of the response when we say that about him, that, oh, he was the son of God, that's why. You know what the Bible says about him? He was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet he was without sin. He was tempted. All points. So if you could think about all the temptations you and I experience in life guess what he was there and he experienced them okay i'm just i'm just trying to help you to understand everything we go through he was there you know uh, i've heard this so many times that you know it's, it's to me it's getting kind of old but uh people say well you don't understand No, you don't understand. Because Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what he experienced? Now, here's the thing. We can say that. We, we feel that. We can say that. And, and we can say, oh man, nobody understands. Yes, somebody understands. Amen. Because he was tempted, the Bible says he, he can, amen, that he's able to succor them that are tempted. Amen. He knows what you're going through. Amen. He's been there before. He suffered. Now here's, here's the thing. You suffer. You suffered because of your own temptation. Right. You suffered because of your own burdens. Okay? And, and we can't handle it. Huh? We can't handle it. We become fearful. We become, praise God, uncertain. And amen. We just don't, we just don't really see. But here's the thing. And, and you know, that's just because of our own, amen, our own experience or what we experience in ourselves, in our being. Now get this now. Jesus, when he went through temptation, did you realize this? He suffered for every man. Amen. Right. So all of you, when you go through certain things and you feel that weight and you go, oh, man. Oh, it's a struggle for me. It's difficult. It's hard. I don't know if I can make it. Can you imagine? You feel that about your own burden? Jesus carried the burdens of the whole world. And he went through it as a human being. 
Okay? Why am I saying that? Because he was a human being. <laughs> the Bible says he was, amen, in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. In other words, he passed the test of temptation. He passed it. Now, why did he overcome? Why was he an overcomer? Pay attention now. Pay attention. Because he surrendered his will to God. He surrendered his will to God. You really think about it. Sometimes our will is imposed upon. There's God's will. There's our will. There's Satan's will. And then there's everybody else's will. And people are always trying to impose their wills upon you. Get you to do what they want you to do. The difference is, here's the, here's the secret to overcoming. Here's the secret to prospering in the Lord is if we understand this, we don't surrender our will, amen, to anybody else. We don't surrender our will to our friends to our family. We don't surrender our will, amen, to, to Satan. We don't even surrender our will to ourselves. Right. Amen. Have you any of you ever gotten to that place where you're not self-willed anymore? Right. If there's anything that hampers the move of God in a person's life, you may not be living in sin. You may have, you know, some kind of control in your life, but is your will surrendered to his will? A lot of time our self-will is right there. And amen. We like to substitute that for God's will. So when you think about it, praise God. Are you completely surrendered to God's will? Because Jesus was surrendered to God's will. He said, I've come to do the will of him that sent me. His whole purpose in life was to submit himself to the will of God. How about you? Submitting your life to the will of God. It will make a difference in your life if you learn to submit yourself to the will of God. Think about it now. I'm just I'm just I guess I'm 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 uh, uh how would I say it? I'm, how can I say it without offending anybody? I guess I could use the word disturbed because I don't want to say angry. <laughs> Why people just don't have, amen, their desire to live for God. Amen. Amen. And if you have no desire to live for God, that tells me you have no power. You don't have any power. So if you don't have any power, that means you're under subjection to somebody's power. Right. Amen. Amen. That's right. Think about it now. That's why the devil can come in and just 
reap havoc with you. Hallelujah. That's why this is important for us. That's why it's important for us. So he said that. So I want you to understand that. God, amen, humbled himself as a man. He learned. He grew as a young child, as a young man. He grew in stature, wisdom. He developed. He subjected himself. He obeyed. Amen. He obeyed. He submitted himself. Those are things that people have a hard time understanding, even comprehending, even applying these principles to their will. Hallelujah. Man, I know the Lord is doing a great work in that. You think about it. You think about what God's what God's doing. L listen to this now. Uh, there can be some very uh, powerful people. There can be some powerful families in the church. Amen. Amen. Our relationship yes. with Him. Amen. Our relationship with one another. Yes. Can be very, you know, powerful. When we say powerful, because that's the whole thing about. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was thinking about uh, what what uh, Brother David shared with me about uh, the Hebrew language, and he said he was he was uh, talking about the scripture in the book of uh, uh, Isaiah fifty two, and he talks about uh, you know uh, about. How beautiful, put on thy garments, O Jerusalem, and, and all this. Uh, uh, I'll just go back, just, just so I don't quote it wrong, but uh, amen. Uh, listen listen to, to this anyway, but he says this, he says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for henceforth there shall no more come into thee, the uncircumcised and the unclean. Yeah. So he says, he says in the original Hebrew, when it talks about putting on thy beautiful garments, he said, the word there is used in, 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 that, in, in the, the place of beautiful garments. He said, because of what we put on, he said, he said we put on our brand marks. Anybody know what a brand mark is? Mm -hmm. huh? ownership. A brand mark yeah, denotes ownership. Yeah. So the person that owns that, amen, that cattle or whatever it is, livestock, their brand is on that, yes. that livestock. Yeah, that's saying that yes. that's their brand. They're, they own that. Guess what? God has put his brand mark on us. Wow. And he said that brand mark, he said, listen to this. He said the Hebrew says that brand mark is the result of the fire. Wow. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Now, Amen. does that, does that, does that, what does that mean? Of course, what did Jesus say? He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. So when he baptizes us with the Holy Ghost and fire, he puts his brand mark on us. Amen. 
So you know what we should have? He said, put on thy strength, O Jerusalem. Put on thy beautiful garments. Guess what? We have a brand mark on us. A brand mark that has been put there by the Holy Ghost. He's given us. So why do we act like we're weak? And why do we act like we have no power? When we have all the power any person can have. I tell you what, the word of God is true. The word of God is true. Thank you, Lord. But you know what we need to learn? You know what we need to develop in? Is obedience. Obedience to his will. Because when you are obedient to his will, you're able to be a part of the structure that he has placed in the church. Amen. He didn't give us the Holy Ghost so that we can be a bunch of loose cannons. The Bible says we are a body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Amen. According to the effectual working of every part. Amen. So, you know what? So, so he's given us that power. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. The body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Yes. So if we're the temple of the Holy Ghost, God's, amen, will and God's power should, amen, abide in the church. Listen to this. To some people, it doesn't make sense, but that's some people. Paul was speaking in 1 Corinthians eleven three. He said, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the structure. He's talking about the structure of the church. Did you realize something in here? Did you notice something that Paul says? He said that the head of every man is Christ. Okay? So Christ is our head. Then he says, the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Yeah. Remember, he said, I came to do the will of him that sent me. So in order to do the will of God, guess what? We have to be under our head. Amen. We have to be under, amen, the authority that God has put us in. Amen. Praise God. Guess what? We're all accountable. Not one of us in here are not accountable. We need to realize we're all accountable. I'm accountable, Brother Craig and I, the ministry, we're all accountable to the chief shepherd. We're his under-shepherds. He's the chief shepherd. We're accountable. We're accountable to one another. So when we understand God's will and the structure he has placed in the church, 
What does that have to do with everything? That has to do with power. You know, why is it that, uh, here's an interesting thought. I thought about this one time, and I think, uh, just, it, the world is crazy. Amen. <laughs> the world is crazy. Mm-hmm. The world is backwards. Yes. Amen. The world is upside down. Yes. But you think about this. Why is it that so, everybody's always you know, I guess uh, driven or, you know, they have it in their heart. They always want to be the one in the first place. (laughs) First place, may I ask, to what? (laughs) But that's the thinking of the world. Everybody wants to be first. When you get there, what you going to do? Let me tell you something. Somebody has to be second. Somebody has to be third. Somebody has to be fourth. Somebody has to be fifth. Somebody has to be sixth. We can go on and go on and go on. Every person, obviously, you know, the world is very competitive. We know that. But the church should never be competitive. Right. We should just allow ourselves yes. to fall into the place and order that God has put us in. Yes. When we do, we're going to understand what it is to have power, yes. to have authority. Yes. Because when we go against the authority of God, we don't have any authority whatsoever. Amen. And that's what Satan is good at. Amen. He's not, he doesn't even have, let me tell you something. He might tell some people, he might have some people deceive that he has authority and power. He doesn't. You know why? God has power over him. God has dominion over him. Read it in your Bible. Amen. He has dominion. We have dominion over him. Read it in your Bible. So why am I saying this? Well, the Lord told me to bring this out. You know, he said, they might think that this has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but it does. Because God has placed every one of us in the church, in the body. We all have a position. And it doesn't make a difference. And of course, you know what? He has designated his authority. But that doesn't mean that, amen, because you're not in a certain place, that, amen, God thinks less of you. No, he doesn't. Because he does have designated authority. Christ is under subjection to God. We're under subjection to Christ. Amen. Amen. Woman is under subjection to man. The family is under subjection to the woman and the man. That's God's authority. And when we live in that authority, when we live by that principle, we have the power of God in our lives. It's not that we don't have enough to do. Right. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There is plenty to do. Yes. If you want to get get with it. Oh. Ho, 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 ho. But here's the problem. Sometimes it's hard for us to line up to God's will. Yes. I don't know if I can do that. 
Can you imagine what it would be like if everybody came to that place of understanding and maturity where they would just... And, 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 and let me tell you something. This is, this is a preacher's dream. This is a preacher, preacher's wish. Everybody would just do what they're told to do. But you have personalities. You have wills. You have your own opinions. Praise God. And here we are. Amen. Hallelujah. God wants this church to be a powerful, spirit-filled church. Yes. Praise God. And you think about it. That's what all this is for. That's the reason why we're here. It's the reason why we're receiving his word. It's the reason why we're hearing his word. So that, amen, his principles, this structure can be imparted to us. So we can understand, amen, what it is to fulfill our part in the Lord. To fulfill his will in our lives. If we could ever line up, let me tell you something, even you children, you might say, well, we're out of the picture. No, you're not. You're in the picture, too. Yeah. As long as you get good at where you are right now. Yes. Amen. Yes. Yes. Get good where you're at. Amen. That's right. Wow. That's it. Here's the thing. You know, all this... When we talk about, uh, I want to bring out some things about disobedience. Because he said this uh, in Romans 5.19, it says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Amen. Speaking about Adam. So just because they disobeyed the word of God, many were made sinners. Everybody fell disobedience everybody amen followed their lead <laughs> followed their lead you know it, it, it's something too bad you know if you really think about it and I believe it's possible that disobedience is something that we will not struggle with It's there. The, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's the struggle right there. And I know everybody in here, you get to feel your, your spirit talks to you, your human spirit talks to you, and you Oh, man, I tell you what, that is so refreshing. Mm -hmm. That's good when you feel the goodness of God. What we're feeling in this place, oh, man, that feels good. But guess, here's the flesh. Don't worship. The spirit is always willing, but the flesh is always weak. Right. Yeah, Amen. Right. I wonder why that's why somebody, right. some of them aren't here this morning. Right. The spirit was willing, but the flesh over, right. amen, overrode right. the will of the spirit. Right. Amen. amen. So you only think about it. That's something that we have to learn. But disobedience is something that was passed down because of one man. Amen. 
You don't think that disobedience has a long-lasting effect? Look at the world today. That's right. Amen. 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 I told you this is going to be a little bit different. (laughs) And so he says, So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So if one man disobeyed, one man obeyed. Right. Now many are made righteous. Thank God. Amen. Jesus Amen. proved the point. You Amen. can obey. Amen. Remember this now. Here's, here's a key. Obedience. When you learn to let your will obey God's will. That's the key. Lay aside the influence of the Holy Ghost. Lay that aside. Because here's the thing. If you allow the Holy Ghost to do all the work for you, guess what? You wouldn't do anything. But if you surrendered your will to God's, if you, you know, here's the thing. It wouldn't be humility if you let somebody do it all for you. But if you humbled yourself to the will of God, if you just took that opportunity to say, Lord, let my will be thy will, and you obeyed, that's what unleashes the power of God in your life. That enables the Holy Ghost to work in you. Some people say, I got the Holy Ghost. Wow, I, I kind of question your Holy Ghost because you're not living up Amen. to its righteousness. Right. Amen. That's why I said that. It's your will. Remember, your will. Say, say my will. My it's God. your will. That's, right. That's important. You don't believe me? Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 2. It says, Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. According to the course of this world. That's why it kind of really, you know, I'm older now, so I understand. I, 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 I know what it's like. That's why it really kind of bothers me when I see God's people kind of start to wander around in the world. And they spend a lot of time there thinking to myself, why are they doing that? Why is it? Why are we so caught up in worldly things? (laughs) I know the Word of God. I know what it says. I understand pretty well what it says. I understand that. So when we put ourselves in that place where, praise God, you know, we're, we're out there in a place that we should not be. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I go, hmm, I kind of scratch my head saying, what are they doing over there? Something kind of out of place there. Right. Something not right. But look what he says. 
He says, Amen. Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So, there you have it. You know what Satan's really good at doing? Lying. <laughs> Deceiving you. <laughs> I used to believe a lie when I was younger and I would say, Oh, I'm a macho man. Macho, macho man. And then I would say, I'm my own man. Yeah. I'm my own man. Nobody tells me what to do. Here's, here's, here's the, the sad part of that. Satan's standing behind you. He's patting your back. He says, yeah. That's right. But all that time, you didn't realize you was doing what he wanted you to do. He wanted you to believe that you're your own man. Because he knows that if you're not following God's will, obviously you, you're, uh, you think you're doing your will, but you're, you're really obeying his will. Yeah. Because he says, the children of disobedience. Mm -hmm. right. Let me tell you something. Are you, are you young people listening? I'm not going to pick on you. Okay. <laughs> But I want you to listen, all the young people in here. Are you listening? Okay. Do I have your attention? Okay, listen to this. Did you know that disobedience is a curse? It's a curse. So when you disobey, guess what? You invoke curse in your life. You ever wonder why things never go good? You, you ever wonder why things fall apart in your life? You ever wonder why things never work out the way you want them to work out? And, and, and it's because of your disobedience. It's because you think that, oh, I can, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I could do that. But guess what? Why is it, amen, you never have peace? Why is it you never have joy? Why is it you never really know what real love is all about? Why is it your life is not blessed? Amen. Because you know what? When you walk in disobedience, you're cursed. It's a curse upon your life. Guess what? Nothing is going to work. You won't prosper. You, you want a reference for that? That's in the book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 11, verse 28. So to walk in disobedience is a curse. You're going to... Uh, you're going to bring upon yourself a lot of ill will. Just hold on here now. Because I'm getting down to the, the very thing, the, the reason why the Lord said, I want, you to, I want you to speak on this this morning. I want you to teach this this morning. This is the reason why. Okay? So, <clears throat> you see that happening and... and uh, how disobedience affects us. And then, of course, Jesus turned that around for us. And if we follow his 
example if we obey him. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul said. So as long as we follow Christ, we're, we're all in this together. Wherever we are, wherever, whatever our position, wherever we are in the body of Christ, amen, that's where we are. All we have to do is follow the lead ahead of us. Amen. That's why we all need to be following Jesus. Follow the lead. Amen. As one person said this about discipleship, he said, if you learn to be a good follower, you're going to develop into a good leader. You're going to develop into a good leader if you learn how to follow. Okay? So here's the reason why. Needless to say, I want to bring attention to what exists. Amen. In the individuals and families of this fellowship. If we want to be honest with ourselves, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's not be in the state of denial. Because obviously God knows. Let me tell you something. What God does in our lives, what He imparts to us as far as His Word, as far as counsel, as far as direction, as far as obeying His will, the things of God work. They work. When you put them into practice in your life, when you take His Word and you begin to, amen, employ it into your life, you use it, and you, and you follow its direction, its, its advice, its counsel. If you take it at what it's telling you, at face value, and begin to exercise, amen, His Word, you're going to find out it's going to, amen, bring order to your life. It's going to bring structure. And as a result of it bringing order and structure, it's going to bring life. It's going to bring strength. It's going to bring wisdom. It's going to bring understanding. You're going to know what God's will is. So, so many of us always make that comment. We don't realize. We say, well, I don't know what God's will is for my life. Well, guess what? If you allow yourself, if you submit yourself to God's will, if you obey Him, if you, amen, just, amen, allow your will, amen, to be His will, you're going to find out what God's will is for your life. You're going to fall right into that place in the body where God wants you to be. No question, no doubt, no guessing. But a lot of times, because we don't know, we're not really, you know, realizing what it, it does. Here's the thing. What, in, in order for God to move in our lives, it hinges upon our humility and our obedience. Mm-hmm. That's what begins it. So when he begins to move, we humble ourselves. We, we, we submit ourselves. We're obedient. That's why the Bible says that humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due time. 
So, so that happens to us, and we we begin. But guess what? Guess what exists right now? And you may not say so, but this is what the Lord laid on my heart this morning. There is a scourge among us. There's not really unity per se. When I say that, you know, to some extent we have unity when we come to very, together. It's very obvious. But even in your families, even your, your relationships, there needs to be that strength of unity. Agreeing with one another. And your, your focus, your intent to live for God. Guess what? Here's the, here's the thing. You need to be on the same page with one another. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. Your, your desire, your, your goal, your, your aim in life, you need to be, amen, have the same desire. Amen. This is what I want to do. Amen. This is how we're going to work. Restoration. Hallelujah. There's a character defect. Because we say we believe, but we don't do. We need to fulfill our obligation. Our responsibility. Our God-given obligation and responsibility. Amen. As Brother Craig said the other night, last night, whenever it was, you men need to learn how to be men. And you women need to learn how to be women. You need to accept God's calling in your life. You need to fulfill God's will in your life. Don't leave it up to anybody else. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Thank you, Jesus. I was I was thinking about this morning. The Lord says, uh, he, he gave me a scripture verse, and I said, okay. And I knew what the scripture verse says, but I was trying to get the point that he was bringing across to me. And after I read it, then all of a sudden, it hit me what he was telling me. And I said, oh, man. And I said, okay, okay. Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll tell them that. So he, this is what he gave me. He gave me uh, Luke uh, 1, chapter 1. Go to Luke chapter 1. And uh, this is what he said in, in Luke chapter 1. Uh, let, me, let me go to... Hallelujah. My, my. Thank you, Lord. This is what he said in Luke chapter 1. He said, he's talking about... Uh, of course, he's, he, he, they're speaking about John the Baptist here, but look what, this was John the Baptist's calling. Listen to this. In verse number 17, he said, And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias. Talking about John the Baptist. To prepare the way of the Lord. He, he came before Jesus came, didn't he? Yeah. Amen. He shall go before him in the spirit of, and power of Elias. Look what he says. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. This is what's going to happen. God's going to restore. 
God is going to restore his people. God is going to restore his families. God is going to restore relationships. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared, prepared for the Lord. To get us ready. Why? God wants us to turn things around. Amen. And that's what he meant. He said, John came preaching the baptism of repentance. Did you hear that? Repentance. What does that mean? Turning things around. Things need to be turned around in our lives. We've been going that same direction for too long. Things have to change for us. So let's let's go a little bit more further. Let's let's make it a little bit more uh, detailed. You go there. He's 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 quoting here uh, the book of Malachi chapter four, and you go there and and he's quoting verses uh, five and six. But I'm going to read verse number six in Malachi chapter four. And he says, "And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers." Restoration of the family. Guess what? Your families need to be restored. Your families need to be healed. God is coming at an opportune time to allow that to happen to you. Guess what? We don't need to be people that say we we, we believe. We need to be people that say we do if we believe. We need people to put it into action. Are you listening to me? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, I've heard different ones say, oh, strong church makes good families. Oh, that, that's a half truth. Strong families make a good church. That's our weakness. Our families need to have strength. Amen. You want, you want to be able to, and, and, oh yeah, uh, when, he, when he talked about that, he said that lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. You know why we, you know why things are always difficult? Because we need to put things in their place, even in our homes, even in our family relationships. There don't need to be any kind of dysfunction. Right. Let me tell you something. Communication has to be developed. Yes. Amen. Are you listening to me? There has to be a, amen, a path of communication that's always there. We always need to be connected to one another. Not just in our homes, but even in the church. We need to have that kind of strength. Are you listening to me? We need to have that kind of character where, amen, we're not going to allow anything to come in. Anything that is different than the will of God. We need to be concerned about the will of God in our lives. I'm almost done. So, so, you think about this. You think about this now. Why are we so afraid to exert 
<laughs> Why were you so afraid to put forth some effort? You know, when I became a daddy, I didn't realize. First thing I felt in my mind is, And you know what? I never realized this. But I felt something. It was like the Lord woke me up or something because when I became a daddy and I seen, of course, my oldest daughter, Stephanie, and, and I held her in my, my, my hands and my arms. Ah, oh, man, I tell you what, I melted. Yes. I saw That's right. big yes. macho guy. Yeah. Amen. Tears started coming yeah. down. Yeah. He said, wow, and you know what, first in my mind, he says, you know what, I need to straighten up because i got to take care of this little person. That's right, yes. Amen. And you know, it's, it's something that's, it's instinctive. Yes. Something yes. that God puts in us. Yes. You know why? Because he's the one that structured the family. Yes. Amen. He's the one that structured the relationship between a man and a woman, the family. All this is all in his structure. Right. He's the one that put it together so... When we allow that, when we see and, and understand God's will and how all this is, you know, I know I know some of you young men are afraid to parent, and I some I know some of you young ladies are afraid to be a mother or a wife. It's difficult sometimes because you don't know what to do. But guess what? God has a man, the knowledge. God has the resources. God has everything we need to develop. To, you know, it's a learning experience. Yeah, that's right. Amen. It sure is. Hallelujah. So that's what we need to do. So how are we going to do it? Here's, here's how we're going to do it. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 21, look what he says. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I could just imagine some of you, a oh, pastor is going to break out a manual, a, a book that's I do give classes on common sense parenting if anybody's interested. <laughs> Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's how we start out. Submitting yourselves. Humbling yourselves. Guess what? That's that, that's, let's listen, listen to me, kids. That's not just... Your mom and dad, that's you too. That's you too. <laughs> I'm going to prove a point here in a little while here. I'm going to hurry up and get this done. He says, so look what he says. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Oh, man. I didn't hear no amens on that one. Amen. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. It says, For the husband is the head of the wife. Remember, 
designated authority. Amen. For the husband is the head of the wife. You ought to be glad you have a head. Even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, here's the husbands. Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he may present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their own wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And then he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Children, 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 obey your parents in the Lord. That's all that's required of you. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with a promise, with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. My, 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 my. Lord Jesus, As I said, the Lord humbled himself. The Lord humbled himself. He did all that. He became a man. He humbled himself. He subjected. That's our lesson. Follow me as I follow Christ. You, his example, he humbled himself. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Man, the Lord will bless. Bless this church. The Lord will bless these families. All you families. We get to the point where that's what we believe. That's what we live. Hallelujah. You'd be surprised how many. Uh, the reason why I say this, uh, I'm almost done. I'll, I'll try to hurry here. I've got a few minutes. <clears throat> my wife and I when we were working for uh, the treatment program I was working in, a, in the addiction drug addiction she was working in prevention there were a few times when our offices collaborated together and, and we did uh, one, one of the time, first times they allowed 
teenagers or adolescents to come into treatment. And so we did a, a uh, session with them. And that was kind of different because I, you know, myself, I would deal with adults. And here were these children that came in. Let me tell you something, it was heartbreaking. You, you children do not realize that where you are right now, you're blessed. The world is trying to get you out there. The world is trying to take you out thinking that, oh man, I have to live a miserable life. No, you don't. Because I remember when we were doing intake on these young people, and man, here's what they would say. Oh, I wish my parents were together. Oh, I wish I had my mother. Oh, I wish I had my dad. Anything that really scarred them was, you know what, it's in us. God was the one that built a family. It's in us. We, we, it's in us to have a, to one a father and to one a mother. Yeah. It's in us to live that life because God's the one that structured and, and built a family. So, so you hear, see all these children say, oh man, I wish my dad wasn't like that. And I, I wish my dad wasn't gone. And I wish I had a mother and all this. And it, and it would just go on and go on and go on. Let me, they were heartbroken because they couldn't even experience a family life. Because they didn't have a home to go to. Because they didn't have anybody to care for them, to love them. Heartbroken. Man, I tell you what. And then you get in a setting like this and kids are looking to the world. They want to go out there. You know what the world's going to tell you? You need to get back in church. You have a good life. And it's not boring. You can be happy. You can be content. You can be satisfied. That's what the Lord is trying to do. That's what the Lord wants to do. Amen. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. We'll stop here. Thank you for coming this morning. Service starts at 2, so let's come back in. and Appreciate everybody. God bless you. Have a good two-hour break here. Have a good lunch. Amen. Amen.